1: one export market, think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out.
0: With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risks, so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world your message into the right hands with Canada Post solutions for small business snap ad mail campaigns. Create effective direct mail campaigns in 15 minutes or less. Visit canadapost.ca forward slash small business to learn more. So you want to grow your business. Now what? Mailchimp's all-in-one marketing platform, that's what. It has all the marketing tools you need in one place so you can save time and money. And it's powered by a marketing CRM so you can collect, organize, and understand your audience data and make smarter marketing choices. Mailchimp, that's what. Learn more at Mailchimp.com.
2: Building your dream. Work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them, and that's why I started Goforth Garage. Goforth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you in your business. Just check us out at goforthgarage.com. That's goforthgarage.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett, hanging out with some cool entrepreneurs around the planet, but specifically a major focus, of course, on the on the wonderful stuff that's happening right here in this beautiful country of Canada. And I'm really excited to, uh, to be talking to my guest today because what she does is typically what I tell entrepreneurs not to do at the beginning of their journey. So I'm going to be interested in having that conversation with her. Today's guest is a well-known business lawyer and entrepreneur with experience advising all sizes sizes of business organizations on all aspects of business, employee matters, and privacy. Megan Cornell is the founder of Momentum Business Law, which is a full-service business law firm based in Ottawa in Canada. After spending 10-plus years working at big law firms, Megan decided that she could best serve entrepreneurs by becoming one herself. She started Momentum Business Law with the objective of helping entrepreneurs grow their businesses through collaboration and superior client service, all enabled through the joyous embrace of technology. (laughs) I love that word. (laughs) Megan leads legal process and technology innovation exploration through Momentum's sister company, which is called Momentum. Law Labs. With over 15 years' experience advising all sizes and types of business, as well as running her own business and investing in businesses, she has developed an understanding of the business realities which legal problems exist in the middle of. When she advises companies, she seeks to find the best legal answer to solve the business issue which is presented. So, Megan Cornell from Momentum Business Law, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show.
1: Well, thank you, Rivers. We're talking about one of my absolute favorite things to talk about, which actually I've got about 50 favorite things to talk about business, (laughs) innovation, um, and in how to best support entrepreneurs, um, uh, you know, as we are entrepreneurs ourselves as well.
2: Yes, well, uh, what did the big uh, law firm say when you told them what you were going to do?
1: <laughs> Great question. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't think that when I went out on this project six years ago um, on my own that anybody was too worried about the thought of it. And, and I'll tell you, um, you know, the first thing I did was buy cloud software And I didn't really know what the cloud was when I did this. And six years ago, there really wasn't a whole lot of cloud software really available yet, let alone in a a space that I would interact with as a lawyer. And I think that the cloud has been one of the biggest game changers for a lot of service providers in terms of upping their game and and making um, technology solutions more affordable. Mm. Um, So, you know, Legal innovation wasn't really a hot topic six years ago. So, um, you know, they came up with any number of other reasons why I was probably leaving. And that was, that was fine with me. You know, it's, I, I don't, I, I'm happy to not, you know, spend all my days explaining myself to other lawyers, but instead uh, chat with entrepreneurs. So,
2: well, it sounds like a, I think I feel like we're getting to get into a uh, into a John Grisham uh, novel here. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is always about the rebel yeah. that uh, that ultimately uh, wins the wins the day. And uh, so here's what I here's what I always tell. Um, and I told you when we first started that we might not follow process. Because, but uh, here's something. When I'm working with entrepreneurs, and I want you to 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 give me your reflection uh and ultimately what whether i'm right or wrong on what i say to uh, to startup entrepreneurs particularly when i'm working you know young uh, um, university kids and so on i say there's three people who you want to stay away three professions sorry you want to stay away from when you're beginning your journey as an entrepreneur and uh, i know where and, this
1: is going <laughs> and
2: i say it's not that i say you don't you stay. I do, and, and I tell them you're not staying away from them forever, but you're staying away from them at the very, very beginning. And I say lawyers are one, bankers are another, and accountants are the third. They <laughs> said stay away from them because their job is about risk adversity, saving the day by putting you away in a shoebox somewhere so you don't do, do anything that's going to hurt yourself. What is your reflection on on that as a as a not only a lawyer but also an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. So, I can 100% understand where you come from when you say that. It is absolutely the case that all three of those professions are risk adverse. Um, that being said, there is if – you, if you can find the right advisors in, in those – Three groups of people have some really important startup advice to give, then the good ones identify risk and help you manage it rather than, than deter you from mm. growing your business. Mm. So I mean entrepreneurs, absolutely, myself included are are the exact opposite of risk adverse. We embrace yes. and, and revel in risk even if that's not why we've gone into it. Inherently what we do is risky. Um, and the saddest thing for me is when we um, when we deal with with entrepreneurs that are a year or two into business and have um, because of that aversion to dealing with um, the the sort of big three professions. Have made some initial mistakes that um, they really can't recover from, um, and they, you know, a classic example: uh, they they don't have any kind of partnership agreement or shareholders agreement between them, and then they break up, and the whole company goes under because there's no way to resolve the dispute between the initial founders. So it's it, you'd you'd absolutely want to embrace that risk, but with a little bit of structuring around oh, of you,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: then then you can you can avoid some of those key mistakes. but you've got to find those right advisors in all three of those categories because um, otherwise you, you know, you the basics are not that hard to to manage, but they're different in every case. So once you get some of that really basic start out advice and get put on the right path, um, you're usually better off at the end of the day. But I, I agree, avoid the those who who uh, kind of steer you towards living inside a box and not making yeah. I any mean, mistakes.
2: And that's fair. And that, that's that's a fair. Uh, isn't the legal word retort?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: that's a fair retort uh, in calling me out on that because ultimately I'm talking about traditional legal work mm-hmm. and and so on and uh, and so and so. Thank you for that. So here's another question on that link. Do you see? your profession, and I'm going to get into your entrepreneur journey here uh, also, but I, I'm uh, I'm intrigued with you see more and more of your legal colleagues appreciating that, appreciating that that need to to dialogue into handling risk versus saying, get in the shoebox.
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you where I see it in particular. Um, Not that long ago, uh, and, and not that long ago, I mean like 10 years or so ago, um, they, we started really seeing, um, uh, A kind of new branding around what we call virtual in-house counsel, just like a lot of service providers. Um, Starting out, they they started offering, it's the same with virtual CFO, virtual management or um, virtual marketing officer, all these things, where basically they tried to take that sort of in-house expertise style, whether it's lawyer or accountant, whatever. And that kind of of advice giving is much more the sort of advice that you want to hear that mm. that hey this is a risk but let's manage it right. here's your three options let's go with you know let, let's go with the one that that kind of gives you the best growth strategy but kind of addresses that risk and that kind of mentality what isn't what you find in a lot of more traditional legal relationships, but that move towards this, we recognize that you're a business and you're going to be driven by business decisions and we're there to help you make those business decisions instead of tell you, no, you can't do that. Um, that was, like you say, it started about 10 years ago and it was initially a bit of a marketing thing, truthfully, um, but it was a response to these small startup companies kind of needing that sort sort of really comprehensive like business driven advice versus legal driven advice and as that has grown and there's some some great companies that really um you know over 10 years or so built up a huge legal business advising in that way that's kind of trickled down into a lot of people a lot of law firms that maybe aren't structured as virtual in-house counsel, but kind of approach things in the same way, that kind of startup business advice. That's our job. It's not to be, you know, button up lawyers and tell you, nope, can't do that, but guide. So I, I do think that that's happened. Um, and it's one of those, you know, if, you, if you're if you looking at different legal service providers, if you look for those people that kind of emphasize that virtual in-house counsel piece, uh-huh. Uh-huh. that's probably the approach they're going to take.
2: Yeah, I love it. Well, it, I, in, and I do see it, to be quite honest with you. I don't see it as much as I'd like to because I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, entrepreneur. But, uh, but anyway, thanks for thanks for letting us uh, take a little dive down that rabbit hole. Uh, it was just one of those things I can now mm-hmm. say it's off my chest to Excellent. a lawyer. So I've <laughs> I've confessed, in the way we can go talking about your journey, Excellent. which is uh, you know momentum business law. So so talk to us about your first year in business. You decided through uh, observation that you wanted. To pursue this focus, I presume. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? That that says was yeah. I'm 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 not gonna go down this route. I'm gonna go down this route. Instead. Yeah,
1: for sure. So, um, as I said, I guess it's about six or seven years ago now. Um, I I was. At the point where, in in our legal world, you make partner, and once you're you're sort of on that track, that's that's it. Um, and I thought, well, I'm not sure I I want to do what I'm doing for another 25 years. I think there's probably a better way, and you know, life things lined up at that point for me to to say I could go out on my own. So I did what, you know, pretty much every other service provider. Uh, entrepreneur ever did. They set up a home office. Yes, <laughs> so, yes, yes. How can I, you know, I've I've got to figure out a whole bunch of things for myself that I used to have. You know, I was I was at a law firm of of about sixty professionals plus double that in support staff. So you can imagine, I didn't know how to do any number of really basic entrepreneurial tasks. Um, so there, I, you know, you set. I, just like everyone else, set up in my, my front office where I could gaze out the window at the changing seasons and and said, all right, I'm going to figure this out and, and um, you know, had, had a, a large number of contacts here in Ottawa. So it was, you know, it, it was a really uh, good start to the process. Um, and then as I looked around over that year at... Um, You know, the technology solutions, I started getting my head around okay, what do I really want to do with this? Mm -hmm. And and really came um, full circle back to to realizing um, technology was a great enabler, but the absolute core of what we did was um, provide. Service and advice to people, and I had to set up the right framework for doing that before I could, you know, completely innovate on a technology basis. And and at the time, there was a hundred percent technology delivered legal services, and there's even more of it now. Um, but all of it misses that that true advice giving piece that entrepreneurs really rely on. And so I I said, okay, well, if I'm going to go out and build this business, I'm going to start with the People and finding the right people, and then we'll we'll work everything else out Lovely. as we go. Lovely. So, who were the
2: first person that you brought on board your team?
1: The first person I got is still with me, I'm pleased to say. Uh, our, she's our Chief Operations Officer, and she's been with us for, I guess, five years now. Um, and and really is the backbone of all the structuring and um, enables all my crazy little uh, ideas and, and you know operationalizes all the, the wonky um, suggestions I make, or, or at least the ones that should be enabled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and quietly discourages some of the crazier ones which is good um and then you know then I dove into okay well let's hire some uh, some young eager and energetic uh lawyers and we went from there it was really um as as someone with I guess by that point about you know 13 years experience it was it really breathed life into what I wanted to do. To have these young, energetic people to work with who really, um, you know, needed needed to learn our profession because you. Know, come straight out of school, knowing the professional part of it, but had that energy, everything that's, you know, said about millennials, all the good things were there, right? That energy, that drive to, uh, to find meaning in what they do and, and that sort of, um, need to be really in the thick of things, um, was, you know, the best choice I could have made in terms of surrounding myself with people who, um, were really eager to learn and to, um, dive in with clients
2: and is that is was that your test Megan that they have an entrepreneurial spirit that uh, even again they're playing in the legal world but they also have that spirit of sense of uh, of, well cultivating cultivating entrepreneurs Uh, so uh, yeah
1: yeah exactly and in fact since since day one our um, our applications are vetted um, with a series of pretty interesting and, and not your average law firm application questions I bet. <laughs> that include things like, you know, if you were <laughs> going to run a business, any business in the world, what would it be and why to really yes. sort of start teasing apart what, you, you know, you've been to law school. I can't hold that against you because yes. uh, I need you to have gone to law school, but I really want to see what's underneath. And And you don't need a business degree by any stretch, but you have to sort of Be like, understand and be able to really empathize with the entrepreneurial clients and uh, get the passion that they're bringing um, to what we're helping them with.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I think that that's so awesome. And again, it's, uh, you know, I, when I talk to entrepreneurs about that differentiator, I, I, I would say you, z- you win the game by zagging when everybody else zigs <laughs> and, and it's, yes, technology can be a big part of that, but it's also the people part. That's so important. Absolutely. So that's, that's so cool that you vetted that. So, so what's transpired in the last, um, uh, you know, the last years of your journey that, uh, have you to hear today, uh, talking to us
1: so you know like I say we we had a bunch of technology tools available to us when we started and and we wanted to dive in with them um, but really what we've taken um, you know four or five years to do is just to, to not go down a technology route immediately so absolutely and and I can talk for hours on this and nobody wants to listen to me. Trust me on what, what we've done from a, we, you know, we every day use about 14, 15 different pieces of software. Nobody wants me to go into that. So I
2: won't. Um, yeah, I call but- it, I call it Megan. You'll appreciate it. Barfing <laughs> all over somebody. It's, yeah, like, exactly. it's, it's, it's part of our DNA, but man, it's ugly on the inside. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. But, we, that would be a complete disaster for us if we hadn't started fundamentally with thinking about our client experience, mm-hmm. our communication with them, and um, looking at the, you know, that side of the process first. So first and foremost, what are our clients experiencing when they're receiving our support? And how, do they, how are they experiencing that? Is it good? Is it bad? How can we make it better? Um, you know, really early on identified that our communication was one of the key pieces and that we had to make our communication as strong as possible. Um, and then second, we went into process mapping, which is, you know, a bit too much of a buzzword for my liking, um, but it's completely true. So before we, we learned quickly, before you say a software is going to solve a particular problem, you've got to understand the process that it fits in with. And that's, I think as service providers, um, we, we kind of understand our output really well, whether that's legal, whether it's accounting, whether it's marketing. We understand fundamentally our output, our advice that we give, our pro- end product, but it, if you take a step back and you look at the process to get to that end product and you really break it down into multiple steps, all of a sudden you can see, okay, this is, I'm failing here. My clients aren't happy because there's a stretch of time where we're working really hard on their thing, but they don't know that. And Mm -hmm. they don't know what we're doing and Mm. they don't know along the way. Mm. And if you if you kind of look at that process, then you can start realizing, okay, here's a little piece of technology that can can solve that problem, mm-hmm. or that make that part of the process better, make you more efficient, um, make the client happier, uh, make them experience your in, in, your interactions better, and that that's when you want to go with with a technology solution, not before you totally understand why. <laughs> what your process is
2: so is that why you started uh, a momentum law labs
1: Exactly, exactly. And it, in fact, started um, with us building a client-facing interface where clients could sign up on a subscription basis um, for, you know, a monthly subscription, just like the what everybody in technology wants, a monthly subscription mm-hmm. for a certain number of documents. And it was very, you know, coded on a fairly basic level. Um, but it was a really interesting experience for us to actually build build a software platform um and and trial run it we called it gain momentum and we actually launched it on startup day on the hill 2016 i think um i still remember that because we were having lots of conversations with people about that and um (laughs) that was a bit of a disaster that platform It, it wasn't really but it was you know people weren't we're really thrilled at the idea, and then it, it just wasn't seeing the kind of use we wanted. So we learned a whole bunch from that, and and that got us thinking about, you know, we, we really need to have this place to experiment um, that's not driven by 100% by all the the sort of structure that a law firm has that we, we can't get away from, um, unfortunately, as lawyers. We're a heavily regulated mm, industry. Sure, yeah. Um, so we, we did that to allow for sort of a playground and a place to to really go and, and trial things um, and it's it's to this day still primarily developing um ideas and processes and technology for momentum, but there's, you know, there's some view to eventually delivering that to other people, uh, other firms as well.
2: Yeah, well, that's an interesting point. Um, because when I think of labs, when I think of technology, I think of hopefully open source at some level. So um, do, do you, are you, are you building customized process packages for other law firms or are, you, uh, or are you just white labeling what it is that you've created and uh, selling it to them or a bit of both?
1: Yeah, so right now uh, it's number one with a view to doing both. Right. Um, so we we launched in the spring an offering of, of our own firm's regional offices and that is ultimately Um, Your option one, which is everything that we've spent four or five years developing. um, I I like to call it law firm in a box, but they're all going to be momentum law firms. So we're in some some initial discussions. um, And it's it's essentially, you know, all the great tools, you know, Okay, you want to be in Barry? You can open up a Momentum in Barry, and it's the same sort of experience you would have as a franchisee in the sense of the support and the the really good franchises, not the maybe not so good franchises. Yeah. Um, but the, you know the the common branding and marketing because you you get a lot from that actually. Um, but then all behind the scenes, all the processes and and technology that we've um, developed and and. You know, I, I think probably in the long term, we'll um, eventually make that available elsewhere. Canada is itself a fairly small market. Um, Ontario is a great place to support entrepreneurs. But as all of the entrepreneurs listening know, um, you know, you can eventually outgrow that market. So that may happen someday or, or it may not. Who knows?
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I love the whole concept behind it is just taking, again, a best practice. Uh, which is a process practice and uh, enabling others to, to benefit from it in a way that doesn't require to have a physical location somewhere. Yeah, uh, that's the, the other piece, and so they can really have a home-based business and still be a momentum uh, business law business.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and that's another great thing that's happened for entrepreneurs across the board, particularly service providers, over the last six years. I, I mean, I don't know that there was a single, or, or there probably was, but but. Not one that I wanted to hang out at necessarily, uh, a shared office space um, six years ago. And, and now, you know, there's in Ottawa alone, there's several really fantastic ones, let alone across um, the country. And so that's, you know, the, this is huge for service providers because um, the minute that you are factoring into the costs of your business, um, square footage and rent, totally. Your, totally. your sort of ability to really offer um, flexibility on payment and et cetera is, is challenging. I mean, we we do now at, at our head office have um, really, you know, fairly nice modern office space, but we chose stuff that was, you know, we chose space that was not downtown with a, a great panoramic view of the, the countryside for the reason that we didn't want to pass that cost on to clients, but virtual offices are even better from that perspective.
2: Very cool. So what do your legal uh, associates say about your journey today?
1: You know, there's a huge, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say huge. There is a growing, let's call it <laughs> uh, legal, legal innovation, um, chat space. And, you know, I was at Ryerson uh, has a great uh, legal innovation zone. It's called where they incubate um, some legal tech companies. And I was there on uh, earlier this week at a legal innovation leaders group. There's online groups, there's conferences, The, the number of people that are trying to make legal services better and, and very importantly, more accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, across the board, whether it's immigration or family or business law um, is really astounding and I think that says quite a bit about our profession um, interestingly it's there's still kind of a layer at the top where there's some exceptionally good tools available to provide better services but where both the clients aren't demanding and the firms aren't delivering any kind of real innovation in the in the um, delivery of services and so everyone has been saying for 10 five years that that the gig is up five years from now you know that kind of marketplace won't exist and yet it still exists now and I'm I'm stretching it out to 10 years from now it may not exist but there's there's pressures and I think it's it's something that any um, service provider needs to pay attention to Um, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in your marketplace and who who's coming up with something new um you can be Mm. left behind and and so interestingly in our space um accountants are getting uh into law accountants Mm. can open law firms and um they of course have to you know there's a million gazillion rules around this but the big law firms are much more uh concerned about what the accounting big accounting firms are doing frankly than they are about the the little uh, startup law firms like ours that are you know quietly making waves but they're you know they're more worried about what their other friends on Bay Street are doing (laughs) so but I think that's the same for any service provider you know if you if you expect your market to be exactly the same 20 years from now and that you'll be able to ride it out to retirement doing exactly what you're doing I think you're going to find yourself uh, increasingly under pressure.
2: Mm. I love it I love it I love it because I uh, it's it's interesting one uh, why I love the story is because I think you're correct and two I always think it's great when you know the proverbial cocky individual male female doesn't matter all of a sudden gets Passed by the turtle in the race while mm-hmm. they're sleeping, <laughs> and uh, it's so wonderful to uh, to see it. And you know, of course, there's all kinds of examples as to why that's the case. And when you look at in our little world, two point what two point uh, five million entrepreneurs in this country, of which. Uh, of which all organizations started off as a little entrepreneur I don't care how big they are right now Mm -hmm. Uh, you know there's huge opportunity in that space and when you add relationships into it not just the delivery of great law practice but relationships and technology you just can't wake up from that sleep and say oh okay I'll go buy my way into this it just isn't going to work.
1: Well and I think what's important too is um, when you start thinking about innovation what it allows you to do is think about how can I make my my job more enjoyable for me too it's not just about how do um you know how do I make it better for my client which is always number one for us but we have a mantra around um our firm where we ask once a week what did you really hate about your job this uh, week and how, nice. how can we make it better you know nice. and it's it's often um you know, a small switch in how we do something that can really improve how we enjoy our job. And guess what? If we enjoy what we do more, we're going to uh-huh. give better service to our clients and they're probably going to receive our services in a better way. Um, and, and so I think that's, you know, no matter how scary you think innovation may be, number one, it's not. Um, and number two, if you approach it you know, in little small bits, like you don't need to completely make over, um, everything you do. When, you know, when I talk for an hour to a bunch of lawyers about what we do and how we do it, I remind them, we got here over four to five years. This isn't, you're not going to throw a switch tomorrow and be there because, you know, it was easy. I just worked seven days a week, 18 hours a day for four years and, and bam, here we are. I'm sure you can do it too. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and I think any service provider that's sitting there kind of nervously, well, I'm not really sure what what to do you start small and you you do you improve a little piece of what you don't really like about the service you're delivering or how you're delivering it and it goes from there pretty easily
2: yeah that's wonderful so do you get asked to speak to entrepreneurship classes groups those sorts of things
1: yeah increasingly increasingly because i think there's a real um Understanding now that, um, particularly on the services-based side, that the world of, um, you know, billing for your time, and and lawyers are not the only people that have historically billed for their time, right? Coaches right. and advisors, lot, mm-hmm. lots and lots of people bill for their time. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of them bill in, you know, 15-minute increments because you thought about them and they figured it out somehow. No, 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 no lawyer does that, I swear. Um, But it's, you know, it's this real sense that we're, you know, as service providers, need to step it up um, and that if we can make you know, all the, the really kind of mechanical pieces of what we do um, better and faster and more efficient, then we can spend the time delivering what we're really good at, which is our advice.
2: What, do you have uh, your clients coming to you and say, Megan, I want to I learn more about business than law?
1: Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, we're still, we're still sort of educating people about what we... You know, like slowly bringing them along from other legal experiences that they've had. Mm. Let's put it that okay.
2: way. Okay, <laughs> so, cool. Got it. Got it got <laughs> I'm it. trying to be yeah, polite.
1: Just, but. Well, it's just
2: the reason I asked the question, you know, is because you're a, you're, you're a, you're a zealot for the entrepreneur. And of course, the entrepreneur has many different uh, lanes it needs to play in in order to be successful. And so uh, where your trust is already established because you're, you zag. Uh, so I was just curious if you're, you're, You're also getting asked, you know, do you know something? Do you ever get people saying, do you know anything about marketing you can tell me? Do you know anything about strategic planning that you can talk to me about? Do you get questions like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's exactly because of that we started. And and here's like an example of how innovation doesn't necessarily mean like, Building a piece of technology, um, we started. I mean, everybody knows Facebook, right? So, um, I'm because I'm part of some really great business groups on Facebook that really um, have a great dialogue going. Um, this winter, we started a client-specific, exclusive space called Momentum Academy um, that's designed for exactly this. It's geared towards the small business owner um, who we know from our experience and our our own personal experience too, um, how much pressure there is on you to do all these things and wear all these hats, exactly what you said, marketing and, uh, you know, how to go out and get a loan and, you know, all sorts of things that aren't legal. So we said, well, let's start this academy and, um, we've, we've already started recording specific things. There's even a few legal documents that we give away for free to our clients in there. We bring nice. on special guests and it's not all about law whatsoever, um, Um, And it's because you give entrepreneurs, you know, like one good space to come and and not not one of the ones where there's kind of people always trying to sell you something, but right, one right. where there's really good quality advice. Uh, you know, here's here's a list of the top 10 places to find free licensed images on the on the internet so that you can use them in your marketing that you're doing yourself at 11 o'clock at night because we know you don't have money for a marketing person yet, yeah, you know.
2: That's right. That, yeah, that it, kind exactly. of stuff.
1: And I mean, that's, that's innovation. I don't know of another law firm that does that, but it's <laughs> yeah. (laughs) That's not hard innovation. I didn't hire someone to build me something technological. I said, hey, Facebook is there and why don't we create that? So there's lots of easy ways to play that kind of trusted advisor role, like you say.
2: Can you, uh, can you can can momentum uh, do business outside of Ontario
1: uh, we can in the sense that we have a lawyer uh, that works with us that's called in BC and he can do work in BC we have one in Quebec and then we have one that's called in the states in uh, several states there's also within Canada an ability for us to kind of work a little bit outside of Canada for a, a little while there's a passport system um, but it's it's of, of limited limited um nature so we were kind of cautious outside of ontario um but there you know canada is a big wonderful place and we'd love to be the you know go-to business resource for businesses across all of canada that's our end
2: yeah and why and based on what i'm hearing today i don't see there's any reason why you can't be and doing what you're doing through this, uh, I'll call it the the well, you called it the franchise model. Whether it's that, whether it's. Uh it's repping versus direct licensing, whatever. But I think there's obviously a model that you've created. I, um, I and, and and as more and more lawyers get into business, they're understanding they don't know business. They understand mm-hmm. the rules of uh, of law, but not necessarily business. And so you've uh, you've figured that out and continue to figure it out. I mean, it never stops. But uh, yeah, I think there's uh, some cool opportunity for you.
1: Yep. I I hope so, because it's, Mm. uh, you know, what what we do is great, but, you know, we only succeed if we have clients who are succeeding. If there's no one to advise, we're (laughs) kind of useless.
2: Absolutely. So what do you do uh, when you're not hanging out at the office?
1: Oh, good question. I have a 10-year-old and a uh, 12-year-old, and and they're a load of fun. And I I like to say (laughs) I – have a health I ne- have a healthy need for humor in my life and yes. not unrelated uh I have two ch- two boys that <laughs> keep yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah I'm uh I'm uh raising a family through all this but that's fine you know they're little uh they're little entrepreneurs they can put together a business plan when they want a new piece of technology they <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's great so uh okay but uh what do you okay let let me ask you this question what's the um what's one of your favorite movies or favorite books
1: Ooh, uh easy well i, I would say game of thrones i am truly i'm i'm a bit of an, a geek i guess uh <laughs> and our family is also very into all the the superhero stuff i i like to in my spare time uh, be not too mentally challenged. Let's say Uh, uh, (laughs) my spare time is few and far between. So we kind of, we're, we're big Marvel superhero fans and, uh, you know, game of thrones and fantasy type stuff. So, yeah,
2: that's so cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, in favorite book,
1: um, yeah, I would say the game of thrones series is pretty (laughs) solid. You're pretty predictable
2: now, aren't you? But it, but it makes sense. It makes sense, the alignment piece.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, Megan, this conversation, I, I knew it was going to be a lot of fun just because uh, you've, you're you a rule breaker as well as, of course, following rules in your profession. But uh, do you have any last words you want to uh, impart to the entrepreneurs? And let's let's remove momentum as part of this. Let's talk to Megan, the entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, I would, I would say... Just start somewhere. Um, I'm going to tell a really quick story and and hope it doesn't get edited out. It's my two scoop solution story. So, you know, we we had this coffee pot when we first opened and it it took eight or 12 or 10 scoops anyway. Some, see, I can't even remember, which is the point of my story. (laughs) You had to go and you laboriously scoop and inevitably I lost track partway through. It was too strong. It was too long. All you desperately wanted your coffee. So at a certain point, I go, you know what, we should get like a big scoop and measure it out. So we did and we figured out, okay, with this particular scoop we found, we could do two scoops of coffee instead of 12 or whatever it was. And that has been our guiding principle. Teeny tiny minor thing. It saves me maybe thirty seconds, but it makes mm. me happier because mm. my coffee's consistently good. Mm-hmm. I haven't annoyed myself that I lost track of something partway through, <laughs> and I get my <laughs> coffee faster. And that is what I always say when I'm when I'm thinking <laughs> about innovation. Is you know start small do something that makes you happier uh, Mm -hmm. gives you a more consistent result and when you master something like that and you you approach things in these little teeny tiny steps then all of a sudden you've you're happier in what you're doing and there's no way that that doesn't result in a more thriving business
2: Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it that you've uh, that you've ended with that uh, with that story of two scoops, not twelve scoops. But by the way, I get it. I totally get it because remember the other part of this equa- this conversation was having your mind get down to do a simple uh, a simple task. That's when you really connect because when you're doing multiple things, it's easy to lose track of one two. Oh, crap. Exactly. One, two. Because <laughs> you got other things that are entering into there.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do people hang out with you, Megan? How do they hang out with me? Oh my gosh, I'm oh. everywhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about you can, LinkedIn? Are you you LinkedIn? can find
1: me on LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah. I, I have three different Twitter handles. You can find me all there. Facebook. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm everywhere, and I love a conversation about business. Uh, so, and I'm also an early adopter. So pretty much everywhere, I'm. It's as simple as Megan Cornell is me. <laughs> Correct. Yeah.
2: Correct and uh, momentum. How do we? Uh, what's your website address?
1: Momentum dot law.
2: That's so cool.
1: <laughs> that is so
2: cool. I just got a URL the other day. Uh, Coach Rivers pro. I just love what's happening nice. now. It, it, and we used to get so hung up with you know, it's got to be dot com. But you know what? There's Maple Street. There's Maple Lane. There's Maple Avenue. There's Maple Drive. So uh, I love it. Dot law. It says it. One hundred and fifty percent. Megan Cornell, you are a great entrepreneur who happens to be a lawyer, <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real, real honor.
1: Great, thank you um, and thanks to Startup Canada for everything you guys are doing for entrepreneurs because uh, it's you know it takes a village to raise a kid and it takes a whole bunch of us caring about entrepreneurs to have a successful entrepreneurial ecosystem. Have a great day, my friend. Thanks. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern.